This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And it is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down. And that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Hey, y'all, who dat? And welcome in. This is Inside Black and Gold. Going to hit you with a quick pre-Thanksgiving live stream here to kind of go over a few key details that we learned today heading into a Week 12 showdown with the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, a massive matchup with the Falcons. So wanted to get you all this info before you stuff your faces full of turkey, which I am looking forward to as well. But, you know, after I still have to go out to the facility and, and, and get all that good stuff because the Saints still practice. So we're still out there. I am Jeff Noah. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noah. You can follow the show on Twitter. We admittedly need to be better about posting to that Twitter account, but you can follow the show on Twitter at Saints underscore pod and today we're just going to go through we're going to get through this quick not going to talk much more than we have to but we're going to get through the injury report the initial injury report that came out on Wednesday second segment I you know we had an interview with Scott Shanley on sports talk this past week and I thought he had some interesting comments about pressure numbers so I wanted to dive into what he had to say and and whether you know that's a a viable way for this team to attack the offenses going forward so we're going to talk about that then the final segment we're going to hit a quick mailbag and it's going to be as long as the questions merit. You know, if there's a ton of questions in there, we can get to it. It'll last a while. If not, it'll be quick. So without further ado, first things first, let's just go through the Saints injury report from top to bottom. So there are the two resting players. They're always resting on Wednesdays. Why? I don't know. But you have tight end Jimmy Graham did not participate with a rest day. He has been inactive for the last two weeks, three weeks, two weeks, whatever. doesn't matter. We haven't seen him catch a pass since week three in Green Bay. So I assume that will continue. There's no reason to think that he will suddenly be active this week when he has not been active in the past several weeks. So I wouldn't, you know, I've had people saying, oh, is this the week Jimmy Graham finally gets going because the Falcons can't cover tight ends? I don't think so. (laughs) But, you know, I'd love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. The other player is Ryan Ramchek. He's also listed for the rest day, but also a knee. I, I mean, it's not an injury to the knee. I think when you look at this listing and it says not injury related slash knee, 
it's saying that he is resting because the knee is there and they want to rest the knee. Whatever that means, Ryan's getting another rest day. Beyond that, cornerback Marshawn Lattimore did not participate with an ankle injury. So one thing that we should also hit before we go any further, Michael Thomas has been added to injured reserve. That was a bit of a surprise to me personally because that means he's going to be out the next four weeks. So even if, you know, the team has been pretty consistent that they expect him to be back and his injury is not expected to be season ending. But I mean, you're in week 12, four weeks out, you're talking about a week 16 return. So at best, you are talking about, you know, a final three games of the season return for Mike Thomas. So at this point, you're operating under the, I don't know, impression that he's not coming back, right? Like you can't sit there and and say, well, we're going to base our plan around having Mike at the end of the season. At this point, if he gets back, great. But you're going forward, at least I am under the assumption that he's done for the year and you're going to, and you're going to, you know, if you get lucky and you can get him back, that's great. But I'm not going to hold my breath based on what we have seen over the last few years and how everything has gone. So Mike Thomas is on IR. That surprised me a bit. Marshawn Lattimore did not land on injured reserve, but that does not mean he will not. Dennis Allen hasn't given us any details on what exactly Mike Thomas is dealing with, and he's not giving us any details on exactly what the expectations are for Marshawn Lattimore. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain, and what DA didn't rule out today was that Marshawn could potentially land on injured reserve by the end of the week. And, and that's meaningful because if you go on this week, then you can come back in four weeks. If you try to wait it out and see how it progresses, then you push that out. Every, every week you go, you push it out even further. So if he's not on there by the end of the week, then you would be talking about earliest return week 17 and, and so forth. So that's going to be something to watch. I would not be surprised at all if you see Marshawn end on injured reserve this week. But you know, as of Wednesday, he is not. So he's still on this injury report as a DMP. Beyond that, that's really the only bit of bad news that we have. Running back Kendra Miller, again, a DMP. He didn't participate last week. He suffered that ankle injury in the win over the Bears. Frustrating because it came on a long catch and run. You know, I think you've seen some flashes out of him, and he has been one of the few explosive pieces of this run game this season. And so it looks like you're going to be without him for another week, barring kind of a late week return. Either way, you're not banking on it. The good news is defensive end Isaiah Foskey, who was dealing with a quad injury, did return to practice on Wednesday in a limited capacity. So he's trending in the right direction. I don't know if he'll be active this week, but he's given himself a chance, and that's good. Uh, The other, I guess, surprise you would say is a guard slash tackle, whatever you consider him right now, James Hurst, dealing with an illness. We don't know what that illness is. Hopefully it's not another one of those cycling through the locker room type illnesses, but he missed on Wednesday, and so he'll his status will be one to watch. The final name on this list, and it's is on there, and it's kind of a unique situation because Derek Carr was a full participant in practice, and he wasn't listed on the injury report with a concussion. He was listed on the injury report with quote concussion protocol. And so why why are you listing him with concussion protocol and not concussion? Well He was a full participant in practice today. I don't think that there is any question among the coaching staff that Derek Carr is going to be your starting quarterback when you take the field in Atlanta on Sunday. Here's the thing. 
you have to go through a practice before you can clear the concussion protocol. And once you go through a practice, you have to be cleared by an independent neurologist and then you can advance out of the protocol. Now, if you are still displaying concussion symptoms, which that would indicate you, you on, are on the injury report with a concussion, you cannot go through a full practice. So this is kind of, I think this is the Saints kind of just navigating that and saying concussion protocol, clear him, and then we'll move on. Um, but to me, that's an indicator. I, I, I think we can stop talking about whether Derek Carr is going to play. Every indication that we've gotten is that Derek Carr is going to play. He didn't talk to the media on Wednesday as he normally would because you cannot do media availability when you're in the concussion protocol. Um, I would expect to talk to him later in the week, but we'll have to see if he clears it on Thursday, if he clears it on Friday, one way or another. That's kind of something to watch. I don't think that you have to sit there and wonder whether he's going to play on Sunday, although I'm sure the Saints would like the Falcons to sit there and wonder. On Atlanta's side of the equation, you have wide receiver Mac Hollins limited with an ankle, quarterback Taylor Heineke limited with a hamstring, cornerback D. Alford limited with an ankle. Friend of the program, David Onyemata, also limited with an ankle, and that'll be one to watch because he didn't play in week 10 against the Cardinals, and ankle injuries can linger. So it, it'll be interesting to see whether he can get back on the field. Another one, kicker Young Hui Ku, I think I said that name correctly, was a DMP with a back issue, and you don't want to go into a game with a question mark on your kicker, right? <laughs> you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you need to kick a game-winning kick and you're like, man, I hope his back doesn't spasm right here. So that'll be one to watch. Who knows? They might have to go sign somebody if he's unable to go. And, you know, Ku has been one of the more consistent kickers in the NFL, particularly in late game situations. So that could be a significant factor for the Falcons. And then the final one, defensive lineman, Calais Campbell, had a rest day. Fully expect him to be out there. So you're trending in the direction of this is going to be a pretty healthy matchup between the Saints and the Falcons. You're not going to have any major injury questions lingering late into the week, barring any continued additions to this report. But you're going to you're going to go eat a bunch of turkey on Thursday, and you should come back and feel pretty good about where the team sits from an injury perspective. Now, how they play. That is a completely different question. And the Saints are certainly going to be hoping that they can come out and have a much more representative showing than they did the last five weeks, really. And so the the two questions that you have are going to be, how do you replace Mike Thomas and how do you replace Marshawn Lattimore? Now, it seems like the Saints are leaning toward keeping Alante Taylor in the slot and having Ike Yadam kind of take over in nickel on the outside as they did um, in the first, well, whatever the amount of weeks where I can't recall off the top of my head when Paul Sanadibo was out, Ike Adam has played really well. You should feel pretty confident in doing that. The only question I have is whether you feel confident that Alante Taylor is your best option in the slot. And I asked Dennis Allen today how he felt about, you know, Alante's performance. And, and this is what he had to say. What's been your review of Alante Taylor in the slot for 10 games? Yeah, I, look, I think he's um, continue to, continuing to improve. Um, you know, I think there's obviously still some things that, you know, I'd like to see him do better. Uh, but I think he's made significant improvement inside in the slot. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that is what you're going to end up seeing with this team. And they're going to stick behind Alante. I'm not convinced he is the long-term answer in the slot. 
So it'll be interesting to see whether they adjust that plan. I would, if I, to me personally, I think you want to either have him play the slot or play outside. I don't want to see him shifting from base to nickel. I want to see either he's your nickel corner or he is your outside corner. Who knows whether they'll do it, but I don't think you're doing Alante any favors by asking him to add that to his plate. If you're saying you feel comfortable with Ike on the outside, then you should feel comfortable with Ike on the outside in all packages, not just base personnel. I mean, sorry, not just nickel personnel. Should be that in base, should be that in dime. Like, just let people do their jobs. If your issue is people aren't doing their jobs, then only give them one job and let them do it. Don't put more confusion on their plate than there has to be. The next question, how do you replace Michael Thomas? Sure, it sounds like A.T. Perry is going to be that guy, but you did bring back Marquez Callaway. He's going to be wearing number 10, which is going to be kind of weird because you know his old buddy, Traquan Smith, is no longer around. That was his number. Alante Taylor is obviously wearing one, which is what Marquez wore. 12 isn't on the table. So you've got Marquez Callaway wearing 10. He's on the practice squad. He'll be interesting to see whether he is elevated. I imagine he will be because he's not a guy who needs to learn the offense. But with that said, I think A.T. Perry is going to be your guy. I got a chance to talk to him today. You know, it's it's tough to gauge someone's improvement throughout the course of a season in terms of confidence. But, you know, just if, in terms of how he sounded, how he presented himself, how he spoke about his own game early in the season, I just didn't get a ton of confidence. I, you know, I, I felt like this was a guy who was trying to find his way, trying to feel out what his role was going to be, get better, work on his hands, work on his route running. The guy I talked to in the locker room today just seemed like a much more, he seemed like an NFL receiver, right? He just seemed like a guy who was a lot more comfortable in his position. He seems like he's bulked up a little bit uh, throughout the course of the season. He looks, I don't know, thicker, I think is a, is a good word. And, you know, I I think that it's going to be interesting to see whether he can show up. You know, if you can get, reasonable production out of him the rest of the way, maybe 30 something catches, you know, 500 yards. I think this team is much better for it. Um, If you're trying to replace Mike Thomas with just Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, then I think you're going to have a a tough go of things. You need AT Perry to show up and be, yeah, I don't don't know if threat is the word, but you need him to be an option. You need defenses to have to account for him. And I do think it gives you a jump ball opportunity in these games that you haven't really had. You haven't had that big, long receiver on the field where you could just go give him a chance and let him go up and get the ball. So what he does best is what he did on that touchdown from Jameis Winston, which, you know, we asked him about it. I asked him about it. And he basically was like, I didn't expect him to throw the ball either. I was kind of like standing there by myself like, hey, man, it'd be nice if if the ball came my way because I'm alone, but no way he's going to throw it. And all of a sudden the ball's there and he goes up and catches it. And that's what he does, what he did at Wake Forest. It's what he's done for the Saints so far. So if he can be that contested catch guy, then this offense is going to be in decent shape. If you don't have that, right, if you suddenly lose that ability to throw the ball into traffic and your guy come down with it the way that Mike Thomas does better than anybody, then uh, and you're going to be in trouble. But that's it from an injury perspective. It's nice to have short injury report segments, which been, has been the case even with these injuries this week. I still consider the Saints to be on the right side of the injury bubble in terms of you know, you're you're replacing guys, you're you're dealing with injuries, but you have you're always gonna have some injuries throughout the course of the season. And frankly, you got through ten weeks before you've had to even consider replacing starters, really. So I think I think you're in good shape there. But all right, I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Go. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about pressure, but more importantly, blitzes. Can you bring additional 
rushers and how do you do that and why haven't you been doing that this year i think the the parallels between right now you're without marshawn last year without without you were without marshawn are kind of interesting in terms of how you handled it then how you're going to handle it now so we'll be right back this is inside black and gold if you haven't subscribed yet please do that ring the bell on youtube if you're watching there subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we're everywhere Go ahead and do that. Check out WWL.com for the latest news, notes, and analysis. I have a write-up of this injury report on this. If you'd like to get more information, go check that out. Otherwise, stick around.